0: It's widely recognized that human health is affected by many social factors. But that recognition has not generally translated into the integration of healthcare with efforts to improve patients' social environments and behaviors, or into effective approaches to interrupting multi-generational cycles that not only exacerbate illness, but cost the healthcare system a great deal of money. I'm Stephen Morrissey, managing editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Tom Lee, an internist at Brigham and Women's Hospital, professor at Harvard Medical School, and the Harvard School of Public Health and Chief Medical Officer of Press Ganey. Dr. Lee has co-authored a perspective article on the health policy implications of a three-generation case study that reveals the effects of social factors on one family. Dr. Lee, the family you profile in your article was seen by your co-author, Caroline Sayer in England. Can you tell us a bit about the type of practice in which she saw these three family members and what struck her about them in particular?
1: Thanks so much, Steve. Well, Caroline Sayre is a very well-known and respected, fabulous primary care physician in the Camden section of London. And everyone who knows her calls her Kaz. So Kaz is a wonderful doctor, and Kaz was struck one day that three generations of this one family were her patients, and she spent a Sunday going through the medical records of all three of them as far back as they could go. And she found this heartbreaking pattern of patient after patient after patient, having all sorts of social, psychological trauma and difficulties, and then those painful forces playing out with terrible medical issues as well. And she made it up on a figure, and she showed me that figure, and we thought, there's a really important story here.
0: For patients like those with complicated social situations, what would a physician in your practice in Boston normally be able to do in terms of assessing the problems, linking the patients to service providers, to community programs? What can be done?
1: Well, the sad story is in that in Boston and New York and London and everywhere, physicians are largely powerless to deal with these big forces that are the real drivers of their patients' health. What we wrote in the article was what I said to Kaz the first time she showed me these data. I said, it feels like we're medical doctors facing patients with surgical abdomens. We know that the tools at our disposal are not going to work. What a lot of doctors do is they simply try to hide from these questions and these issues. That's what another piece in this issue of the journal talks about is that how doctors should get better at eliciting social issues. But the reason they don't ask about these things is because they don't have any way to address them. So what we really need to do is create a system around physicians that helps address these very, very important determinants of health. So is that system coming perhaps inspired by
0: accountable care organizations, a system where health organizations, physician practices can better integrate social care with health care?
1: Well, I believe it is. Now, I'm an optimistic guy and I'm taking the long view, but I feel very confident that the arc of history is toward the reorganization of care around meeting the needs of patients, producing health, not just producing healthcare. And to do that, organizations are starting to actually measure what matters to patients and beginning to ask, what are the kinds of activities that will improve health and they're realizing they'd better partner with organizations that can take on things like nutrition, just access to decent food, housing. Doctors shouldn't be the ones trying to address that. That's a waste of their training and their talent, but they need to be working right next to people who can address those issues. It's happening in more and more organizations.
0: You mentioned the other Perspective article by Ruse and colleagues, They outline an expanded version of the social history that they think physicians should be obtaining from patients to address these social determinants of health. How practical and how helpful do you find their list of topics, of questions to ask patients to be?
1: Well, I think it's a great list, and it's a very thoughtful article by great people. I just came from seeing patients myself right now, and I don't think I would have had the time to ask that list in very many patients. But I can tell you this, they're very important issues, and I would be really happy to be working with a team member who is making sure that we ask every patient about every one of those topics.
0: So those authors recommend first that clinicians be trained in interviewing techniques and then trained to use the social information that they can gather in this way. What would have to change in the typical primary care practice to make that possible?
1: Well, what I think is the big job in front of us is to reorganize those practices. So they really are about producing health as opposed to producing visits. And that means that practices are going to have to figure out how do you integrate or partner with other kinds of colleagues who can take on issues like access to good food. An example I give is this organization Health Leads, which trains young college kids to help patients with these issues and then embeds those advocates, as they call them, in emergency departments and community centers. And I know that they just started in one institution I know in San Francisco, and one of the physicians actually wept, saying for the first time she could actually feel like she was helping her patient rather than just saying, eat a healthier diet. She had someone down the hall helping the patient get access to decent food. So it has to be a team approach, and it has to be a redesign around improving health. Getting
0: back to your three-generational case study, a number of the key issues for those patients were mental health problems. What are the greatest needs in mental health care, both in the U.S. and the U.K., that might make care more effective and might reduce the negative impact of mental health issues on the patient's life and health?
1: I think the biggest problem we have is we fragmented care and we've divided mental health off from the rest of health care. We have mental health carve-outs here in the United States, for example. In truth, to take good care of patients like the three patients in this case study, but frankly, like virtually everyone. You could really benefit from having mental health professionals shoulder to shoulder to you, like in the same practice. So you can bump into them and run cases by them. Sending them emails, well, that's lovely, but it's not the same as when you run into someone in the hall and say, let me run something by you. So creating real teams and embedding mental health with the other kinds of clinicians. That's a trend that Intermountain, a lot of good organizations are doing already. So finally,
0: looking at the whole question more broadly, you've talked about teams, but in general, what kinds of policy changes do you think will be needed to better integrate health and social care?
1: Well, I think the movement of the reimbursement system away from fee-for-service, which pays for producing RBUs and other activities, toward one that rewards providers for producing health and keeping people healthy, that's positive. It's brutal, it's clunky, it's far from perfect, it produces all sorts of headaches, but it's better than fee-for-service. So that's an important step in the right direction. I think transparency, transparency about how patients are doing. You know, measuring what patients value and then having internal and external transparency Providers will rise to the occasion and do the right thing and begin to make sacrifices and change what they do if they've got the data of what they're trying to improve and if there's pressure on them, peer pressure, pressure from society to improve these things. So measurement and accountability are important. Then I do think that the final thing I would mention is that providers do need some training and insight into overall strategy. and what it actually does mean to organize around meeting the needs of a group of customers, as it were, what a value chain analysis is, for example, and how do you create value through activities that you may not do, that someone else may do, like those health lead advocates who can help patients with nutrition issues. Having that big picture strategically, that's a good skill for clinical leaders to pick up. Thank you,
0: Dr. Lee.